All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this week's episode of the Golf Guide podcast is proudly presented by GolfGuide.net. Visit GolfGuide.net to save 20 to 70% on greens fees at golf courses all over Northern California. And when you do, use the promo code GGPODCAST and save 10% on all purchases of $25 or more. Once again, that's GGPODCAST for the promo code at GolfGuide.net where they will help you find the golf you need. All right, let's go. We're back, you know, and by we, I mean the royal we. It's just myself, Kyle Serlo here. Uh, and, you know, this time I actually have a pretty legitimate excuse for uh, not putting this thing out on a Wednesday or really even, uh, you know, early on a Thursday. I've been uh, in a plane for roughly 24 straight hours, so I am broadcasting to you from beautiful Seoul, South Korea. I am so happy to be here. This is uh, my former home. I lived uh, in Seoul for all of 2013, 2014, and the first couple months of 2015, and it is just God damn it! Is it wonderful to be back? This is this is a place just filled with delicious barbecue, completely hammered people, uh, lots of screen golf, and it, a bunch. You know, probably ninety-seven point eight percent of the future stars of the LPGA Tour. So it's really really nice to be here in Seoul. Uh, sorry again if you were uh, counting on this thing to be out for on a uh, on a Wednesday or Thursday for you, but you know what? Like everything else, good good things. Uh, you know. Good things are worth the wait. At least, I hope this is a good thing. So, anyway, uh, we got a couple things I want to touch on with you guys today. We're uh, going to save most of our stuff for next week and the week after, because with the uh, the British Open coming up at Carnoustie, I, I love Carnoustie so much. It is my favorite course on the open rotation, not named St. Andrews. And uh, we're going to get into it in depth with a couple of guests here in the next two weeks as we prepare for the British Open or the Open Championship. Um... But we got just got a couple topics that I wanted to go over with you guys quickly this week so I can let you get on with your weekend and hopes you get out, uh, maybe watch a little bit of the golf at the Greenbrier, but hopefully, you know, and more importantly, are going to get out and actually play some golf yourself. So um, the first thing I wanted to touch on, though, is something from last weekend. And uh, I, I don't know how much you guys have been looking into it, but this whole debacle uh, with Sun Kang being essentially accused of cheating uh, by his playing partner, uh, Joe Dumars or Joe Dumbass or, uh, geez, what the hell was his name again? Uh, anyway, his playing partner by the name of Joel Dahman, <laughs> well, you know, close enough. Um, it appears that Sung Kang took a, a questionable drop. So if you're not familiar with it, there was a par five somewhere, uh, you know, early in the back nine, I believe of the round on Saturday. And from the left side of the fairway, Sung Kang pulled his approach shot into the hazard. Now, the debate came because, you know, if, if you look at the shot link, it went straight into the hazard pretty close to where he hit it. And, you know, by the rules of golf, he would have to drop it where it entered the hazard. Well, Sun Kang was arguing that it went into the hazard, but then it went on a plane or a line where it would have exited the hazard and then re-entered the hazard right up close to the hole, which would save him, you know, about 200 yards on his next shot. So he was hitting a second and then, obviously, the third stroke is a penalty. So where was he going to hit his fourth shot on this par 5? From 210 yards out in the rough on the left side? Or was he going to get to have a little pitch from, you know, pin high or 37 yards out? Well, 
His playing partner w- w- was not fucking having it, dude. He was absolutely just livid, and he could not believe that this guy was going to attempt to try and basically cheat the rules of golf and give himself a drop 180 yards closer to the hole. Um, and at the same time, you know, I understand if Sun Kang honestly, you know, honestly thought that his ball really did cross over, then he should have some conviction in himself and all, you know, and say, no, 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 I trust me. I'm the one who hit the ball. I watched it. It was right there and it went back in the hazard. So it's, it, it turned into a real, he said, she said type of situation. And I, I don't know who the, she is in the scenario, but you know, that's, that, that's neither here nor there. Um, and it was just really fascinating to see how everything shook down. I mean, they sat and they argued about this. They brought a rules official over for close to a half an hour. It it was so unusual that, um, unlike anything I've ever seen before, the group behind them was allowed to play through in a PGA Tour tournament. Right, I, The group played through because the group in front of them were arguing over a potential rules violation. This is absolutely fascinating. And what's even crazier is Ben Crane was the guy in the group behind him who was notorious for being slow, slow, slow. And I mean... We're not talking J.B. Holmes slow, but this guy was fucking slow, all right? And and he's going through people. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, his playing partner, Joel, again, I'm never going to remember his name. He's, he's moderately insignificant. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's like, listen, man, you know, if you can sleep with yourself, you know, if you can sleep at night and you can look at yourself in the mirror by giving yourself a drop all the way up there when it's very, very clear that it never came out of the hazard and went back in, then you know what? Go ahead and do it. He put the ball into Sun Kang's court. And, you know, Sun Kang was like, yeah, okay, well, I know it didn't go in the hazard. So he went all the way up to about 37 yards away from the hole, dropped, and got up and down and made par. And eventually went on to finish, I believe, in the top five of the golf tournament. So it was just a really weird situation. And it's one of those things where there's so much money on the line that I can understand why Sun Kang uh, wants to gain the advantage. I mean, again, he could have totally thought that he was in the right and he didn't do anything wrong. And I, I would actually expect that is what happened. I, I don't think anybody on the tour today with all the technology and all the fucking cameras that are watching you all the time, it, it's hard to imagine that anybody out on the tour would actually knowingly cheat on the PGA Tour because there's just so much evidence uh, if for some reason that you're wrong that people are just going to roast you. Um, but what's really... De- problematic for Sun Kang is that you know um, after the round his playing partner went on social media on, on Twitter I believe was his uh, preferred platform and actually dropped dropped the fucking cheat bomb like he, he, he wrote to somebody on Twitter said yeah he cheated which is very very uncommon um, in professional golf I mean it's uh, the last person that I remember getting accused of cheating was Vijay Singh like 20 years ago and still to this day People think of Vijay Singh and associate the word cheater with him, not because he was, but just because somebody accused it of him like almost two decades ago. And I'm worried that Sung Kang is going to, yeah, I guess I'm just a little worried for his own sake that the same thing is going to happen to him. Now, as the, you know, top-notch journalist that I am, seeing as how I am in the Orient, you know, just really enjoying myself with a nice uh, several-week vacation in the Far East, in the home of Sung Kang here in South Korea, I am going to go around and try to find any golf fans that speak any English whatsoever and get get a, get a pulse of what's going on over here to see if South Koreans agree or disagree with the way that Kang handled the situation. If I had to guess, I'm going to go ahead and say that they are absolutely in support of what he did because South Koreans from the couple years that I lived here are goddamn fucking competitive and holy shit, they are they are very prideful, they are very nationalistic. If there's anything that would benefit a Korean 
uh, in any sort of globally watched sporting competition, you can bet your ass. They are going to say, just do what you got to do to get it done, son. And so, again, I, I will ask around and see if I have any uh, anything to report back to you guys on next week's podcast. But um, just very, very fascinating. And I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly can't decide who... I support. I, I it was one. It's one of those situations where the whole thing was just so odd. I just wanted to take it all in, and still, several days later, I don't really have. Yeah, I, I don't really have an opinion on who I think was technically in the right or in the wrong. Um, had I thought Sun Kang, you know, really, basically, I don't want to say cheated, but basically took a drop that he knew deep down was not the right thing to do, then it's like, oh man, you really fucked up, and. I guess my question to you guys that are listening to this is, what what would you have done in that kind of a situation where I think for me, I would have been so cautious about my reputation taking a hit that even if I truly thought the drop was way up next to the hole, I think I would have just fucking taken my medicine and dropped way back just because I would never, ever want to be labeled as a cheater. Um, And this is coming from a guy that probably cheated... No less than a half dozen times in youth competitions, you know, more than you know, two decades ago. Uh, it, it, I, I'm not sure it was bad, but I mean, you know, giving yourself a nice little drop, you know, a couple feet forward of where you're not supposed to. Like, I'm pretty sure every single one of us has done that in youth golf at some point, except for all the, you know, the goody goodies out there. So fuck you guys. But anyway, it, like now, but as as a as an adult with somebody that actually has the ability to kind of look ahead and, and just you know be able to kind of guess and see what the consequences was going to be. Man, this this could be very. Very problematic for Sun King's career, and I hope it's not. I really don't. He's got a great golf swing. He seems like a good guy. Um, I, I wish him lots of luck and a, you know a successful career on the tour. But just a very odd situation. And if you guys have any input or you know what you guys you know about what you guys thought went down, please reach out to me. You know that uh, get, get at me on Facebook or Instagram or uh, I guess tw- Twitter. Fuck, I'm so bad at checking social media. I really I really got to get my head out of my ass. But anyway, very very fascinating you know, potential cheating situation going on on the PGA Tour. Uh, and so let's get to our next little thing here. And as I'm recording this, it is actually 10.58 in the morning on Friday, South Korean time. But that also means it's just a lovely Thursday evening back in the U.S. right now, and uh, which means the first round of the military tribute at the Greenbrier okay, I'll get into that name more in a second here, uh, is in the books, and Webb Simpson with an opening 61 Fucking solid. It, it is nice to see the 2012 U.S. Open champion back in the mix. Obviously, he won the Players' Championship earlier this year. Webb Simpson, by all accounts, is a very, very good, solid dude, and it is very nice to see him playing well here in 2018. And the other little note from the first round, Joaquin Neiman, the recently amateur-turned-professional uh, from Chile, uh, with an opening round 63. He is, man, he is really, really good. He looks like a dope. Um, granted, I mean, he's 19. I guess I looked like a fucking schmuck when I was 19, too, but man, what are you going to do? Um but he, man, he looks really, really good too. It should be a really, really fun weekend of golf up at the Greenbrier. I know that uh, Xander Schaffel, the San Diego native, is the defending champion. Um, but yeah, overall, going to be a very, very good golf tournament this weekend. It's probably one of the cooler uh, regular tour stops that the PGA Tour makes. Obviously, an old CB McDonald track that was recently restored by Keith Foster after the uh, floods that took place in West Virginia a couple of years ago there. But all, all in all, very, very cool. Going to be a great tournament this weekend. But I, I don't, I don't understand this this military tribute at the Greenbrier. I mean, what a, I mean, I am very thankful for all the servicemen and servicewomen in the United States military that help uh, defend uh, the freedoms that we enjoy. 
Um, you know, especially with it being Fourth of July this week, it's a nice little reminder of how lucky that we are to live in the country that we do. Um, but Jesus Christ, I mean, a military tribute at the Green Bar, it's a fucking golf tournament, okay? It's not its not some North Korean, like, military parade. It, it's really, it just, it seems really over the top and completely unnecessary. And it just basically, it appeared for me after Donald Trump made a, made a speech there where he was talking about how much he fucking wants to suck off Phil Mickelson and how much Phil Mickelson really likes, you know, you know what, what he's doing in the White House and yada, yada, yada. It, uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like a huge, just a huge mess. I mean, what? Why can't it just be a golf tournament where we actually, you know, do do something where we pay a special amount of attention or, you know, give give extra thanks to the, the, the government, the military, all that kind of stuff like that. It just it just seemed way over the top. And I think it's kind of silly. But do not let that take away from the fact that the tournament at the Greenbrier is one of the best on the PGA Tours calendar. And so let's make sure that we enjoy as much of that as possible this weekend. And then. Uh, all right. See so the next little bit of news. Uh, oh, my boy. My, my boy Bryson DeChambeau, uh, not allowed to use his protractor anymore, um, <laughs> which I thought was, was pretty... Here, here's what I don't understand. So uh, it turns out that since 2016, Bryson DeChambeau has been using a protractor um, where he's been, uh, quote-unquote, apparently using it to verify the location of green, saying that sometimes the pin locations that they give you on the, the sheets in the morning before your rounds are a little bit off, and that he uses his protractor um, to... I guess get a better read of where these things are, and to which I say, okay, I I don't understand at all how that's going to help you at all. <laughs> I I really really don't. I'm 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 sure you know it. It seems like this guy really enjoys doing weird stuff just for the sake of being weird, just so he can say he's smarter than everybody else. And he might be. He he honestly might be. He's definitely smarter than me. You know, I'm like almost ten years older than the guy. I got I got no problem saying that he's more intelligent than I am. I mean, shit, he's making millions and millions of dollars a year, you know, getting to play golf while I'm sitting here in a nice little, you know, 250-square-foot apartment in South Korea uh, talking into a microphone hooked up to my laptop. So, I mean, you know, who, hey, the, the guy's obviously doing something right. Um, but it's really weird that, you know, it doesn't, I don't really know how it would benefit anybody, and it certainly probably wouldn't benefit anybody else on the PGA Tour. This is something very specific to Bryson DeChambeau himself. And it seems really weird and really unfortunate that golf's governing bodies, both the USGA, RNA, and the PGA Tour, all decided to come together and um, disallow Bryson DeChambeau from using his protractor, saying that, uh, I think it, they said it violated Rule 13-4A or something like that, that it qualifies as unusual golf equipment that would help somebody create an advantage. Um, you know, like, fucking whatever. I mean, anybody could use a protractor. Nobody else, it probably wouldn't do anybody else any good. So, I don't know, it's weird. And, and Bryson actually had a little comment about it at the end of the article I wrote on golf do, read on golf.com that um, I, th- I thought was very prudent that he says he's been using this thing since 2016, but nobody really seemed to notice until he started to win this year. And then once he started to win is when they really took notice of the protractor and decided to take it away from him. So, it's really, yeah, it's very strange that nobody seemed to have a problem with this protractor thing while uh, he was, you know, missing cuts. But as soon as he starts to be extra competitive and starts winning golf tournaments here and there, it becomes an issue. So I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a pretty sizable amount of bullshit. So that's, that's too bad for him. However, we will see how it affects his golf game going forward. He will be protractorless uh, on the PGA Tour from now on. So, hey, best of luck to you, Bryson. And then the last little thing I wanted to talk, uh, basically cover here before we bring this episode of the podcast to a wrap 
You know, a couple days ago was an annual tradition for me. It was the it was the day that the uh, the folks at the Augusta National Golf Club, you know, send me an email telling me that my uh, application for tickets have once again not been accepted. Uh, well, actually, no, that that would be an incorrect way to say it. They accepted my application, but they rejected my request for tickets. How, how's that sound? Um, really, just a you know, it's a bummer. It, it may actually be to the point where I may have to finally stop applying for tickets as a, <laughs> as a regular. You know, person as a regular, uh, how do I say, a, a patron? Yeah, thank you. As a, as a patron at uh, Augusta National Golf Club, and I may just have to flex a little bit of that fucking media muscle dick that I got, dude, and just say, uh, you know what? I, I can no longer be a patron. I gotta show up as a member of the media. So that that may be in the cards here in the next year or two if they continue to not allow my patronage at the Masters. Um, I'm sure many of you listening to this podcast probably got a similar email. If you didn't. If you're somebody that did get the email and said, Hi-oh, come on down, let's go, I would love to hear from you. I, I want to know what that feels like. I, I still don't know. It Going to the Masters is the number one item on my sporting bucket list. I mean, I, I, I'd i rather go to the Masters than go to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a lucky bastard. I've already seen a perfect game in person. Thank you, Matt Cain. Um and, you know, I've been very lucky to see, you know, World Series games, perfect games, um, you know, major, you know, golf major championships. But the Masters is still numero uno for me. So one of these years I am going to get in and I hope all of you listening to this uh, get a chance to do the same. It's just not going to be in 2019. Um, and on that note, that's it for me this week, everybody. Um, like I said, um, we, we kept it brief this week because we are going to be really, really getting into it in the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the Open Championship at Carnoustie. Uh, I'm reaching out to a couple of friends uh, for you know guest spots, uh, and you know so we can really talk everything over. So until then, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the tournament at the Greenbrier, uh, and if you haven't already, please don't forget to go check out GolfGuide.net where you can save uh, up to seventy percent on greens fees at golf courses all over. Northern California. And when you do, use the promo code GG Podcast and save 10% on all purchases of $25 or more. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back to you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.